Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Okay, pod... Pod... <laughs> Podcast starts now. Keep that in. Earnestness Bonanza Part Two. Um, you know we uh, where we drop the bit. No jokes. Boring. 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 Um, uh, we. Uh, you know what I feel like right now. What I feel like um, when uh, you know sometimes you'll see sort of viral posts about this where it's like on the finale of a certain season of Friends you know, Chandler was wearing some shirt and then they tried to have continuity for the first episode of the next season because it allegedly keeps going on the same day. But literally, like, Matthew Perry looks completely different, has a different haircut, is a different weight. Mm -hmm. it, it, like, it, that is how I feel about part two of this podcast where <laughs> I was, I was feeling so healthy, fulfilled. I had literally just gotten back from the gym and in fact had eaten the last bite of a protein bar. And today I'm coming at you. I, I, I went, I came home at 6 30 AM last night. I woke up at noon. I'm trying to pound coffee and water. I can barely keep my eyes open. <laughs> As you can tell, my voice, I actually do sort of like my sexy rasp. Yeah, I think it's very but, good. But it is uh, very funny that this is part two of, of what we recorded yesterday. Yeah. So much can change in less than 24 hours. I mean, talk about that time thing. I, uh, I'm actually so <laughs> glad that you are um, hungover and had a Thank fun you. night. I feel that, you know, imagine if part one, we come in, we're both like, peppy and, and bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And then part two, we come in on a Sunday after the Saturday and we're also bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. How far we've fallen, if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, Although I do think you are maybe a little bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Maybe not so much bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, but you are maintaining your productivity, health, consciousness. Yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm in my toxic productivity era. 
I'm spending my weekend doing errands and chores and catching up on the week so that I can go into my full-time job and not be stressed out. Um, it's so funny that for us, toxic productivity for both of us is truly like running errands and like doing your laundry rather than, you know, starting a business, like doing like, for, you know, spreading ourselves thin with freelance work. Like toxic productivity is literally like you are going to the grocery store okay. and then you are like doing your dry cleaning. Okay, to be fair, some of it's optional. Um, and if I were, you know, I, I do think I, I feel like I'm losing a part of myself by not being, um, you know, to stay in on a Saturday night and be like tired, like to send the text. that's like, mm, let's rain check. I'm tired. It's truly like, who am I? I mean, the L.A. lifestyle comes for us all. I, it's, it's disgusting. It's, this is temporary. It's actually... I'm really happy that we have a record of this on audio. It's, it's sad. You can feel yourself transforming. And in fact, you can feel yourself even being like, now you're sort of, I would say, half-heartedly resigned to the to your <laughs> LA life. But at some point, I would give it maybe three, four weeks, you'll be actually happy. And you'll be talking about like, you know, it's crazy that, you know, we did all that stuff in New York. Like, it's been so nice to just like recharge. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are like, chock full of filler and, <laughs> and look like a human Kendall. <laughs> no, it, there's no way. I this is temporary. This is um I'm I'm going to be back to being the bad boy of co comedy gay <laughs> podcasting soon. Um cuz this is just untenable. Uh it it yeah. But you went buck wild and That's I'm right, so jealous of your night. Well, I will say very briefly we can talk about this more um you know on one of our famous Patreon eps where we spill all the tea, <laughs> but I went to SNL last night because Ayo was hosting, <laughs> and the uh, I mean it was very fun. The after party was quite literally every single person that has ever performed at the Bell House, and the mood was so celebratory that I would say it is as though we all worked on the same political campaign and our candidate <laughs> won. That it, it's like we were at Javits Center in 2016 and Hillary won. There was wow. something where we were like. Wow, you guys, this was all worth it. <laughs> like the bell house, the, the bell house, you know, mentality like has legs. <laughs> like wow. we got to the stage of SNL. <laughs> and next stop, the White House. Next um, stop, the White House. And honestly, maybe next stop, the White House, because you know who was there? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. And uh, but you did and not I, talk to her. It would be I did not talk to her, did not even attempt to. Um, it would be very funny if I'm the one breaking the story, but I very much assume that um, it, there have been paparazzi photos of her and Lauren Michaels chatting it up. <laughs> but she was there. She was having a great time. A uh, friend of the pod, uh, Alison Roman, was there and we had a nice uh, a nice chat. It was um, very nice to see her. I met her husband. Oh, wow. Incredible. Huge. Um, I'm trying to think of other gossip I can I can say. I mean, it really was just like... <laughs> it was like everyone that we, everyone that has been on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say, I have to say some people that are even more, some people where I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know you were still in our community, <laughs> but you really showed up. Well, I'm desperate to know who that is. Um, but, uh, I want to say that, you know, you were sort of, uh, being hard on yourself and saying that, you know, you had such a perfect 12 hours and that this yes. derailed your perfect 12 hours. And I want to say this is exactly part of that. I'm going to say now 24 uh, to 36 hours um, because I do think, yes, it is. 
Right. It, it, it runs the gamut. I've done, I've had professional successes. <laughs> I've had, I've had, I'm working on my fitness and my nutrition. I am going out. I'm supporting my friend who is an A-list celebrity. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing it all. And, you know, I actually think I'm the one that's imbalanced here. You know, I'm only uh, focusing on the, the, the the you know the one side of the circle and i need to focus on being bad as well maybe next i think weekend. i well first of all you are visiting soon and i do think i wonder if it'll be the kind of thing where you uh i was about to say blow your load um <laughs> the type of thing where you come and you are so excited about like going out that you crash and burn i'm yeah i'm like i think that would be maybe how i would uh, approach it I have um, an idea. I have a fantasy. You, yes. What is it? I'm going to have a party, uh, a return and going away party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold office hours somewhere. And now, you are being, <laughs> it, it's so, um, your mentality with New York and LA is actually, and I say this with love, <laughs> is so like textbook, I would say main character syndrome. <laughs> No, and the it way actually that... is really endearing because it's you're just it really is like you are discovering a new every element of someone moving to a different city. <laughs> no, it's 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 a little insane, but you have to. I of do course. think it's what are you going to do? Also, by the way, you know, main character is like, yeah, what are you going to do? Be a supporting character in your own life? Of course, you're going to be the main character. God, no. Doesn't like, what are you, some what? wallflower? Everyone's desperate for a little reason to go somewhere. These the, uh, just say, "Hey, I'll be here," and then guess what? People are going to be there, and it's going to be say having a party. Uh, having a party, first of all, should be tax deductible. You are doing a, a a community service to people. I actually think it's a form of charity, like to actually throw a party where people can go somewhere and have fun without having to pay for drinks, without having to like be in a crowded bar with random people. It is. It is legitimately giving back to the local community of New York City. And actually, Saturday Night Live attendee Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should potentially put that in her in her next um, campaign. I mean, yeah, I think that's 100 percent true. I don't see how it's not tax deductible. And in fact, I'm going to try to deduct it. Um, you know, tax deductible is one of those things people say. And I wish I was the type of person that could actually appreciate the value of something being tax deductible. But in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm still spending money. Like it, it doesn't feel like anything is changing. Well, I understand it only in the exact opposite where I'm like, oh, well, at least it's free. Like, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand it, but I'm like, well, well, that's good. Well, someone I know, I won't say who, past guest of the podcast is thinking of starting along with some other people, starting a new co-working space for people, for like friends of ours, basically. And she was talking about it and she was like, well, you know, we'll put like a studio in it or something. So it'll be tax deductible. And I'm like, okay, but you are going to have to pay like a hundred thousand dollars. Like, yeah, it's tax deductible. But you're going to be, you're going to be unhoused by the end of, by the end of this project. Like, no, I'm, I'm on her side. I think whoever it is is completely correct. And, uh, <laughs> they're actually my accountant. Oh, wow. Um, um should we maybe do some questions? Let's do you have any get... other questions for me about my experience in the big apple? <laughs> I mean, I wish I had some huge gossip, uh, but it was, if anything, you know what it was, 
you know the 30 rock episode where they go to the party and the after party and the after party Mm -hmm. that it really i was like oh right this is literally based on this i mean (laughs) obviously like (laughs) i was like oh that is interesting yeah well, I'll find out next week when I'm at the Shane yes, Gillis right. episode. Woo! <laughs> um, um, okay. You know what I will say? Jennifer Lopez looks like... Uh, it's crazy that she's a human being with the same DNA as, as us. Something's up, actually. She, it, it's like no one has ever looked better. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, it's I find it off-putting. I mean, uh, it certainly is... There's a certain, um, like, inhuman quality. I, I'm trying not to yeah. say the, the phrase uncanny valley because I, I tend to overuse it. But there is something where you're like, is are you AI? You know, not to be uh, I know, RuPaul not to Charles. On a podcast. Okay. Or, but <laughs> I'm just like, where's the vulnerability? That's how I always Yes, feel. well, certainly not on the stage last night. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> the walls were up. Yeah. Boundary okay. legend. Boundary um, legend, actually, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. Um, you know what I will say about her? And this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll start. A true seasoned professional in being a celebrity in a way that is so rare to see these days. Like, sh- you would not catch her dead without a full look that has been chosen, and she is making money out of every article of clothing she's wearing. She, like, she... W- I. You know, you see her performing and then you see her coming out when they do the goodbyes. And then she was wearing a fully different outfit just for the walk from the building to her car. Whoa. That sure enough was photographed. And I saw today on Instagram with like all of the, you know, brands, companies tagged. I mean, wild. We should start doing that. Shout out. Shout out (laughs) to her. We should be more like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. We're going back to the questions because this is where we answer questions earnestly. Um, I'll, I'll read this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is from Alice. Uh, as a fellow shytown town girly, Sam, you understand the importance of Windy City culture in the absence of Miss Bean under construction. We have seen the rise of a new queen, Miss Rathole, AKA Chimely, also possibly a squirrel imprint. What are your feelings on the massive media coverage and amazement of the rat hole? How do we feel about a gay couple getting married at the rat hole? Is it camp? Oh, George, okay, I have what do you say, think? I have seen truly like a single article that I did not click on about this. So I've seen the photo of the rat hole, but I am not aware of like this breathless coverage of the rat hole. It's like really taken off. I feel okay. um, like people, it's that thing where it has the right mix of like, it's silly and ironic to go, but also people actually like to go. And it's like mm-hmm. this weird joke. Um, and then did a gay couple actually get married there or yeah. is this, oh, they did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I guess I'm really behind on my news. <laughs> I've been so focused on, uh, preparing f- for my guest appearance on Jennifer Lopez's door. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think this is a, a very Chicago tale in a way that I appreciate is that they have their own culture and Mm -hmm. uh, they are really addicted to that culture. Like, I actually like the fact that when you go to Chicago, like you're, you're going to be here in Wilco and people are going to be loving it. And I guilty as charged, but I like, I was, when I was in Chicago, I was like, no, everyone on earth likes Wilco. And then I left Chicago and I was like, oh, that's like, people like Wilco, but it's way, way, way harder in Chicago. Um, (laughs) 
So I, I mean, I, the way I I really was so charmed by Chicago when we went, and I was like, I don't know, there's something about it that feels like a real serious city. So many places you travel to, you're like, you're just cosplaying city. Yeah. I mean, there's that famous Onion article, you know, everyone in, Bo you know, Boston residents wake up to uh, pr whatever, play yeah. the part, play the role of city or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, Chicago's the real deal. And um, that's kind of all I have to say about that one. Cool. How do I feel well, about a gay couple it. getting married there? Like, uh, gay it. guys in Chicago get to have a sense of humor. Of course. And say that, actually. <laughs> like, when we were talking about West Hollywood the other, um, during the other episode, and I was sort of thinking of WeHo gays, to me, Chicago gays are the polar opposite of that, where you're like, mm -hmm. I will be welcomed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a humor there. There's a humor there's there a humor that is, does not exist in WeHo. And by the way, can I say something? Like, I'm thinking of this rat hole thing. It's like, you would think, as, a, as an observer maybe someone not well versed in the language of queer aesthetics and camp you would think that rat hole is on the same uh, on par with something like pizza rat you would be wrong <laughs> pizza rat is so buzzfeed and so lame and rat hole is there is something so um alt comedy about it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not obvious and i think you can inter you can interact with it on a on a surface level and just be like it is funny that it's rat hole and you can interact with it at a deeper level <laughs> well i think just say the listeners of this podcast <laughs> are choosing the latter rat hole's improv rat hole is yes. is is a suggestion and everyone else makes it uh have meaning pizza yeah. rat they were just sort of being like consume this well pizza rat also reeks of like <laughs> a branding like a viral marketing campaign it is it is so super bowl commercial don't you think like yeah. someone thought like all oh, right you guys we're gonna have a rat eating pizza in the subway <laughs> whereas this is like it is out of the box like rat hole i mean That's it's also crazy. it's infrastructure it's infrastructure <laughs> Um, it is it's commentary it's sort of it's like uh the movie sorry to bother you like it is using absurdist humor to make it a, a real point and, and if Tim only Robbins? aoc was listening rather than chatting it up with Lauren michaels then maybe we'd have some progress in this country <laughs> to, okay back to the aoc chatting up with Lauren michaels i'm like yeah. so does she have work today like do 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 people in her position when like, i tell get you she would, off when i tell you she was there at 4 a.m <laughs> that is wild I mean, I celebrate it and I'm like, go off. She's like, what, one year older than me? Like, I'm like, she deserves to be talking to Lauren Michaels till 4 a.m. But of course, st still, I'm like, but doesn't she have like a meeting today or something? Person, person to person, I say, you're looking great. You're having a great night. And I hope you enjoyed that Jennifer Lopez performance. <laughs> but as her constituent, I'm like, girl, get back to work. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, let's go to the next question. Next question, it's from Fat Dog. Oh. Okay, and Fat Dog says, I'm going to read all of these and we can decide which ones we feel like answering because there are a lot. Okay. Uh, okay, which one of you would win in a fight, parentheses, physical? Which one of you would win in a fight, parentheses, battle of wits? I don't want to do either if of those. You, if you could eliminate a smell, what would it be? Interesting. Interesting. Does true love exist? Where do we stand on Lizzo? <laughs> love her. I mean, that's my official answer. And what's your bagel order? Sam, you can, if you want to pick one. I pick what's your bagel order, and it's a jalapeno bagel with jalapeno cream cheese. What? Yeah. That is so niche. I go double jalapeno. That is crazy. <laughs> I, 
my order, and this is actually kind of toxic. This is leftover from like diet culture when I was a teen and I was um, like had to go see a nutritionist because the doctor told me I was fat. So please no one um, judge me for what I'm about to say. But one of the leftover things about that is my obsession with everything being whole wheat. So I will literally go oh. order a bagel that's like cream cheese, locks, whatever, like full fat cream cheese and be like on a whole wheat bagel, please. Which makes <laughs> no, even if you're trying to be healthy, that makes no sense. It's not like it's made with a hundred percent whole wheat flour. So I would say I alternate, my order is basically cream cheese, salmon, tomato, capers. I, this is controversial, but I struggle with raw onion sometimes. So if I'm mm. feeling adventurous, I'll do onion. If I'm not, then I won't. Sometimes I'll do scallion cream cheese. Um, and I will do either a whole wheat bagel or an everything bagel. But also I've been recently sort of against everything bagels because I think everything bagels are getting a little, and in fact have been for a while, a little like... Can I has cheeseburger? Like, there's something a little like. There's something, I think for me, uh, you know what I mean. Bagel, I, I, for me, and everything. It's bagel Trader is more Joe's. Like, yeah, I, I just felt like I was literally not making a choice when I was ordering an everything bagel. I was I agree, being like, just give me whatever, and it's like, yes. no, make a choice. Um, so well, I would. So so basically, I've been switching to. Sometimes I'll do sesame. I would say that because oh. that is the chic woman's everything bagel. Yeah. She said, I'm Coco Chanel and I'm taking 14 things off and leaving on only sesame. <laughs> I've been, I've always wanted to be a lox chica and it just like, I just can't do it. It like doesn't hit me right. But well, one day. Wait, I you hope, don't like lox? Yeah. It like lox on a bagel with cream cheese. It's just like, it's too much for me. And I, I really want to, I, I might even try again when I'm in New York in approximately a week and a half. Mm hmm. But um, because I I do think it's such a quintessential like I'm a New York girl yeah but I, I mean I, I love it. it really is like talk talk about a true treat honestly I might get one after this recording like it's a classic like you wake up it's Sunday you're having like a super late breakfast yeah it's very chic although you know I mean here's the other thing I'll say nothing hits sometimes like a good old fashioned bacon egg and cheese that's true. Put some hot sauce on there. Let's go to the next oh, one. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. And I and I uh, support Lizzo. Okay. Next one. Uh, oh, this is good. Okay. This is from Mora. George. A long time ago on the pod, you announced that you were thinking of forgiving someone who had wronged you in the past. Um. Did you forgive them? Did you just forgive them internally, or did you inform them that they had been forgiven, or did you ultimately decide against it? Um. And I. So I don't remember uh, this. here. I, I do remember this and I know who it was. I actually did forgive them. And I feel very, but I did not tell them and I am not planning to reach out. I feel very at peace with the fact that I've forgiven them. And I actually also feel at peace with the fact that I have no, that doesn't need to be formalized. I don't need to reignite my friendship with this person. I think it's almost like I was uh, targeting my negative energy at them for years and now I'm not anymore. And so the evil eye is off of their head and they can start actually having an amazing life and succeeding personally and professionally now that I'm not mad at them. Wow. I can't wait to find out who that was. Um, Great. Should we? Well, I do want to say, I want to address Mora's little comment. Well, um, I just don't. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, Maura says, you know, gave George this question and then Maura says, Sam, in your opinion, what is the ideal number of medications for an HIV pill? Okay, Miss uh, Jokes. 
<laughs> you think we don't know that our ads are annoying? We do. And um, we recorded that. You know, when you record an ad, you think, well, at least I'm wanted. And then you don't realize that it's going to sort of play uh, forever, forever. <laughs> You know, I just think morning, I, to be attacked, noon to and be night. attacked for encouraging people to, uh, you know, be mindful of their sexual health and to encourage in huh. this climate queer people of all stripes <laughs> to practice uh, safe sex and to, uh, you know, feel empowered in this healthcare system that's not built for us. Quite literally. Um, so, so but it's Maura, an interesting. It's an interesting question to send to two <laughs> queer men living in New York City, the birthplace of Keith Haring and so many other luminaries and etc. Um, and Mora, I uh, Mora is a main character on Discord. And Mora, I want to say, get a profile picture, Mama. Um, mm. And, and I also my... want to say Keith Haring was born in Reading, Pennsylvania, not New York. Okay. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. Next question. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day -day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Uh, this is from Sarah. Sarah. Okay. Do you want Sarah to answer this? 
Um, you know what? I, I can try to answer it, but I'm going to warn you, Sarah. My mind is not working out 100% today, and I don't know if I can do this question justice. Okay. So you're going to get a couple of sentences from me. Sarah asks, George, what does marriage mean to you? Um, I, li- I just think it's, uh, I guess what, I, what it comes down to, to me, is sort of like a commitment I, I, to like deepen a relationship and to be like how, and, and to be like, we are, it's almost like world building. Like you're like building a world together and you are in it for the long haul. And there's something about that, that I have to say, even though I'm cynical about most things and I don't really know if I believe in marriage as an institution, uh, sometimes you just have a feeling you're like, Oh, this is a person I want to spend the rest of my life with. And maybe you should pursue that without, without, um, getting all political with it. So that's my message to all of you, to all of you people out there. Maybe don't think too hard about everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you've always, I think, you know, you're cynical about many things, but not the family. Not the family. We both are essentially family values focused. (laughs) And it's one of the things that, that connects us. Um, it is one of those things. I actually think marriage is a classic thing where you start to sort of lose your mind when you are asked to define it or say what it means to you. It's sort yeah. of like, well, it's it's tautological. Like marriage is marriage. It, it is what it is, which is that you are uh, formalizing a commitment to a person that you are in love with and that you want to um, sort of build something with, whether that something is a family or whether that something is... You know, real estate uh, deals, real estate deals, <laughs> a business, you know, contract, um, some sort of uh, sugar baby, sugar daddy situation, <laughs> even. Yeah. And then the second question is, do you think you'll ever go back to the old style, crazy Wild West days of the podcast? And to this, I say, how fucking dare you? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> and I will agree. And I say, have you not heard Macy Rodman's Gatio Lab episode? I literally mean, go and listen to Macy Rodman's Gatio Lab episode because to me, that is absolute perfection. And it is what I want the podcast to be every single week. I mean, we literally, it's, it's, yeah. We're sometimes dealing with people we don't know. Some the trust is complicated, and I think don't apologize. Don't apologize for us. Every episode is perfect, and it is a privilege that all of you get them for free. That's true. And if you have to hear a couple ads about an HIV medication, well, I'm sorry, your life is so fucking hard. Yeah, if you have to hear a mere sixteen minutes of ads before <laughs> before straight shooters, then oh sorry. Oh, sorry your thumb doesn't work to hit the thirty seconds forward button on your damn phone. Unbelievable. Oh, Grow up. Oh, but also love you, Sarah. Sorry I we ended up dragging both your questions. No, I uh shout out to Sarah. Also my defense to, yeah. I also feel yeah, bad. My defensiveness about the marriage thing is not because it's mostly just because I don't know how to answer that right now and I my brain is really not working at full capacity. So then, you know, my my instinct is to sort of come up with an intellectual reason why I don't want to answer something. You did answer but it. I yeah. And I also want to say I feel bad now that I was too mean to Mora. So shout out to Mora. She shout actually is one of the every, main characters on the Discord and We uh, love Mora, we, would die for Mora. Yeah. And uh I will at some point. Yeah, I think I think it's possible. Um So in this next one from Martin, I want to do number two. Okay. Would you like to read it? Yep. This is from Martin. 
It says, there are several recurring characters featured in the pod. Off the top of my head, I think of Charlie Bardet, Alison Roman, Cheryl Strayed, played by Reese Witherspoon and Wilde, George's mom, then Joan Didion Alarm, and Lady Gaga in the Chromatica era. Can you rank them on who you would most want to star in a quirky cop procedural for CBS and why, of course? I mean, this is sort of a, a, a one of the most perfect questions I've ever had the privilege of reading. <laughs> And I also like how wild the list of people is. Yeah. Those There's are... a sort of like mix of old references. Like Charlie, I feel like very early in the pod, it was like a little inside joke that we would constantly mention Charlie, but that hasn't been the case for like two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually think um, I'm not going to rank because there's just too many iconic characters. No, to choose we from. just have to pick. Yeah. But I do think um, a cop procedural specifically starring Mix Emma would be mm. iconic. That would be big. <laughs> I also think the Joan Didion alarm could be part of it in the sense that when she figures out that a victim uh, or a perpetrator of a crime has been telling themselves stories in order to live, she would um, ring the Joan Didion alarm. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be amazing. And maybe each episode is is building to that. I will say of the choices that were given to us, yeah, I believe that... Well, it would have to be Cheryl Strayed played by Reese Witherspoon in Wild, I think. Yes, because I, I think that's true. Uh, that would be a beautiful story of her like solving the crime, but actually solving the crime of her own trauma. Exactly. And I also really love the idea of um, Cheryl Strayed, as played by Reese Witherspoon, completing her hike, and then her big realization is that she wants to become a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I actually think that could be sort of a satirical, um, you know, rat hole type commentary on uh, society and the police state. Uh, no, like Cheryl Strayed, literally like doing self discovery via being a, a corrupt cop. She literally goes back down the trail, arresting everyone <laughs> she came across. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay. Okay. Next. Question. And it could never be Alison Roman because we need her to be doing more recipes. Yeah, she's she's got to be cooking. She also, has she's, a job. <laughs> she's also real now. At first, she was a character that we invented, and now she's real. And in fact, well, friends yes, with us. She became real when she did the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, oh my god! This is well, juicy. that's juicy. But I don't know if we can do it. It's mm. advice. It's advicey. I mean, I. I do it. Want to do it quick? Sure. Okay. We'll do this one quick because, uh, you know, we have mixed results when giving advice. This is from... Um, I have been hooking up with my roommate for over a year now, and we have been keeping it a secret to all our friends. It's been fun, but recently I have caught very light feelings of a crush and want to bring it up, but I'm afraid to disrupt the flow of things. Here's my question. Is this worded in the way where the roommate has a crush? No. Oh, and also says the dick is phenomenal and i would love to keep going i think love that she has a crush on rumi okay well i guess i hate to oh solicit no, more yeah. information that you think she has a crush on i still rumi? think she has a crush on rumi i hate to solicit more information because at this point you're not we're not going to get it in time but what i do need to know is sort of like more about this roommate like Maybe you're catching feelings and that's okay. And you can literally be in a relationship and get married and have children. <laughs> is there a reason, is there something that's stopping you from pursuing it further? Or is it more just that like, you are, you don't like this person in that way. But I'm just thinking like, if you're already hooking up, you're already living together, you're developing a crush. I'm sort of like, 
go with it. I say go with it. And I'm also like, if you've been hooking up for a year, that's like you guys have a relationship. Might not be sort of the classic form, but that is something. Yeah. Well, you are in a domestic partnership. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. I have to say, hooking up with your roommate is sort of like what I'm doing with my fiance. <laughs> Quite literally, you share a bathroom and a kitchen. You guys are an item of some kind. Oh, yeah. And congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. We expect the wedding invites soon. Um, um, next question. Okay, this next one, what do you think? I could go either way on this. I actually kind of want to do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, this is from Claire. Um, alcohol, ugh, am I right? You two often talk about drinking, going out, uh, trying to drink less, being hungover, etc. I have a love-hate relationship with alcohol. On the one hand, okay, let me try to cut forward. Um... I'm curious how you two deal with drinking, New York drinking culture, dependence, hangovers, mental health, etc. Love your show. Sweet. This um, is great. I, it's nice to check in on one's relationship to alcohol um, once a year when uh, a podcast listener asks you to. <laughs> I find my relationship to alcohol very confusing. Because um, sometimes I'm like, like, especially now that, like with my health issues, I've been sort of like... I keep wanting the doctors, honestly, to be like, it's because you drink too much. And yeah. so, but be, I feel like a shame of like, it's because I drink too much. But they keep being like, no, that's not it. And I'm like, but are you sure? Like, that can't be good. And they're mm. like, and every time I'm like, do I have to stop? Let me guess. I need to stop drinking. And they're like, no, that's not it. And I'm like, <laughs> but I feel, I feel a lot of shame. I mean, in LA, obviously, I'm drinking way less. Um, it is more of a, a New York vibe. Um, but... I don't know. Yeah, I always go back and forth on it where I'm like, it's a it's a constant conversation of like, do I need to reel it in? Is this fine? What's the deal? Yeah, it's uh, it is ultimately poison that you're putting in your body and it doesn't uh, make you feel good and it and it ages you. <laughs> Ask J-Lo. She doesn't drink anymore. Ask J-Lo. She doesn't drink anymore. And that's the only reason she looks so good. Um, yeah, I feel similarly. I, I'm very, I just sort of go back and forth. There are periods in my life where I don't drink. There are periods in my life where I drink more. I, I, I'll say this in terms of more specifics. We are, have been living in this like three year period of martinis being, everywhere and being like the thing that everyone orders you know obviously there was like a huge resurgence of it when things were reopening post you know during the pandemic whatever and unfortunately i have been really hypnotized by that and i now it used to be that a martini was something that was so alcoholic and so intense that i would have it like once every two months as like a really special treat and now i am finding myself just having that be the default i don't even glance at a menu and if i'm at like a nice bar that is what i order and I will say that is bad. That is too much alcohol to be having. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, yet there is literally nothing better than that first sip of an ice cold gin martini. Oh, it's heaven on earth. I mean, I, I, when I and when I have a martini, uh, this is where it gets really bad. I'll be like, well, I'll do another martini. Who cares? And then it's like, okay, and now we're about to go buck wild. Um, I know. I wish there was a. I basically just wish there was healthy alcohol. So if anyone can invent that, I would actually love to be an early investor. And you can um, even join the, the co-working space that my friend is building. <laughs> <laughs> I do find, yeah, I think it's also just hard 
I'm it's a hard thing because I want there to be a binary where it's like I'm either sober or I'm not. And it's sort of like mm-hmm. it's not how it works necessarily. I mean, it can be how it works, but it's more of the, the constant conversation is both annoying and important. Yes. I also I have to say, and, and I hope I'm saying this with some self-awareness, I genuinely don't feel I need the social lubrication of alcohol. And it is quite literally just the ritual of like holding and sipping a martini. I, I really don't feel, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong and maybe, maybe I uh, am not looking that in too deep. I'm not thinking about it deeply enough, but I sometimes when I wake up the next day and I'm hungover, I'm like, wait, all of that was basically just to sort of like feel like I'm, <laughs> feel like I'm Gary Bradshaw. It does. It's not that I need the social lubrication as much as I need like it like settle. Like I feel settled. Like I feel like I'm here for a reason. Like if I'm right, if I'm like not drinking, I'm always like, well, then why am I in this space? No, this is it's so yes. And and I, I do wish there was a way there was a way around that. Uh, like just a way to something that was equivalent to let's get drinks yeah that didn't involve alcohol but was equally fun because guess what all the things that people are going to suggest are lame so it's like yeah i guess i could have a board game night yeah i guess i could also jump off a fucking cliff yeah and Uh, maybe i will (laughs) all right next um, question next question Um, Um, let's see let's see see. oh okay it's the last the last um paragraph has the question uh, was an interesting one. Very the, us. Subject line is, by the way, I still can't get over Alison Roman being on the podcast. Us too. <laughs> and the door is open for her to come back when she's promoting her next book. Um, the question is, what is one small, easy thing that usually makes your mood better? Whether or not you do it when you're in a bad mood, that's a whole, is a whole other thing. Okay. Um, is yours getting a little coffee? I mean, an easy thing, definitely getting a little coffee, going for a little walk, and listening to some damn music. And that's kind of it mm. for me. Yeah. What's yours? Music can really do it. You know, here's what I've been doing recently is I've been going down to the bodega and getting a Snickers ice cream bar <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, just want a little something sweet. Wow. Now that's Ernest and it hits. It hits every damn time <laughs> you know i feel like i can never predict your what you're up to yeah. i think <laughs> if i were to like say like what's george's tree i'd be like he goes to the local bakery and gets like mm. you know sort of a bitter chocolate um of course of course but actually you're going to the bodega and getting a frozen do you say a frozen snickers bar or just a normal one yeah like an ice cream bar oh like wow a, that, a, is, a, a, that is that is wild yeah. Um, and in fact, recently I have been cutting them in half and putting the second half in a Ziploc bag. And actually half of one is sort of barely in a mousse-bouche. I mean, <laughs> it, you feel like you're not even eating um, something uh, that has uh, dairy and calories in it. And I'm, I'm saying that in a body positive in a, way. the least toxic way possible. Okay. I will say actually an interesting thing, and I'm really stretching the meaning of the word interesting here, is that <laughs> it used to, I would say my little treat used to be hands down an... <laughs> This is more me. An iced matcha latte. Yeah, now we're talking about... That's my George. But there was a point during the last two years where I suddenly started hating the taste of them. Mm. It was as though something switched in my brain and I no longer enjoy them. And I'm actually actively looking for a new specialty beverage that I can replace them with. So please write in if you have suggestions. (laughs) Okay. All right. Next Next question. question. 
Oh, love this. Okay. This is from Anonymous. Okay. And is, they say, is Tyler Durden... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Is Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt's character in Fight Club, a twink? This is really interesting. Uh, and the, this person says, I thought he had traditional top energy, but my partner insists he's a power bottom twink. I think in the dynamic, he's definitely a, the top and sort of... Or is he the power bottom? He's certainly the powerful one. <laughs> Whatever it is, he has power. That. Yeah. I think he's the top. I think he's the top. But also he might be one of those people that like I'm, gets well, off uh, on seeming like a top and then being a bottom. Well, not to be literal, but aren't they sort of like, isn't there, they're like flipping. Like they like, they like take turns fucking each other, basically. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that like, yeah, I, I think he is someone who is having sex in a way that actually negates the binary of top and bottom. I agree. In a way that is scary. And I don't even want to know any more about it. Yeah. Um, and is he a twink? I mean, uh, I don't know anymore. Yes. No. I, he still, still has like a you know wider what? frame. He's still he, like muscly. Yeah. I do think though in those little looks that he's serving. You know what, I'm gonna go ahead and say, I think it's, it could go either way. I'm gonna take a step and I'm gonna say, yes, he's a twink. And just so we as a podcast are completely correct, I'm gonna say, no, he's not. And we can move on. And I, <laughs> yes, and here's what, and we can move on, but here's what swayed me is that his name is Tyler. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Tyler is such a twink name to me. No, that's true, I, I agree. Uh, um, um, and also that he's um, imaginary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, oh, this is actually a great one. The Mattel question. If Mattel came to you with their list of post Barbie movie IP and said you have to pick one and make the gay empowerment movie of the century, which would you choose and what would the plot be? Is your idea good enough for an Oscar nom? Well, first of all, yes is the answer to the final question, but let's <laughs> look at specifics. The American Girl Doll, Magic 8-Ball, Masters of the Universe, Wishbone, Viewmaster, Thomas and Friends, Matchbox, Uno, Hot Wheels... And Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Hmm. Which one would your be? Would yours be? I mean, I of course American Girl Doll jumps out to me, but I'm trying to think outside the box. I want to say on the record that I would say approximately 50% of these mean nothing to me because they are uh, sort of, I hate, not to pull the foreign card, American references that were not part of my childhood. I actually have no idea what Masters of the Universe is. I don't know what Wishbone is. I don't know what Thomas and Friends is. I don't know what Matchbox is. I think I think I'm also confused is because the wishbone I'm thinking of is the dog that travels through time and solves mm -hmm. mysteries or whatever or learns about history. And yeah, I don't know if that's what this is. Um, I'm looking up Mattel toys, but in the meantime, in the meantime, I yes. think the the uh, gay empowerment movie would actually be Magic Eight Ball, and it mm -hmm. would be someone being like, "Am I gay?" <laughs> Totally. And then the Magic Eight Ball would tell them yes, and they'd be like, ah, and like they'd want to hide, like they kept like be hiding. It would almost be like horror, like they'd be hiding the Magic Eight Ball, so it wouldn't like tell anyone else. Love that. Um, and also, the voice of the Magic Eight Ball would be um, someone sort of out of the box. I mean, in the same way that they had Helen Mirren narrate Barbie, you know, you could get Leslie Manville to be the Magic Eight Ball. It's Ian McKellen. Wow, <laughs> that's good. Magic Eight Ball is queer elder. Yeah, yeah. And like trying to and guide also, you to help you. Yeah. 
at some point someone's gonna you know there's gonna be the the number eight okay and someone's gonna turn it sideways so it's the infinity symbol and they're gonna be like you're infinite <laughs> so that's the that's the america Ferrera oscars monologue <laughs> um and i think i'm gonna have to just agree with sam i mean there is a very ob- i think the sort of um, you know, Love, Simon, traditional mm. neoliberal version of this would maybe be Hot Wheels and there's a gay car. And he's like in this environment of toxic masculinity, he or she, although I think it would, the gender dynamics would be different if it was a lesbian. Well, that the so lesbian say, would be the American Girl doll story. Yes. Well, obviously you have to have a lesbian American Girl doll and that would be really big for empowerment. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a gay guy Hot Wheels car. Yeah. And people would be like, flamer, because he has flames on his sides. <laughs> wow, I love that. But actually, okay, I, I will say my final answer might be Lesbian American Girl Doll, because that is really a movie I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, that would actually be a good movie. I mean, an American Girl Doll with like an alt-lesbian Tegan and Sarah haircut? I mean, Tegan and Sarah can do the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Let's... Okay. Next one. Oh, this is fun. I sort of like continuing this bit. Okay. Uh, is it my turn? Okay. You sure. Uh, I know y'all frequently joke about having Slate's Culture Gab Fest's beloved Stephen Metcalf on the show. As a fan of both Stranger Lab and Culture Gab Fest, I need to know if this crossover will ever happen. Have you ever reached out to him? Is it just a bit at this point? Honestly, I think he'd be a great guest and could make for one of an all-time best episodes. Can we please get this treat in 2024? Uh, this is actually a great question because I, I think I actually do sort of think I like it better as a bit than as reality. Yeah. I I think I would, I would like um, freeze if it actually happened. I like, I mean, I actually, I think he could be a good guest, but I think it would be confusing to him. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think he would. And it, by the way, it's not his fault. I no, think of course if not. If I was a straight dad, you know, who was a editor or writer at Vulture or well. Slate, <laughs> I I would also not get um, two gay guys ironically standing me. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing, and and yeah, it's I think it's best at a distance. I mean, like I think it's best at a distance. I but I have to say, like I do love. It's really one of my favorite of our running bits. I would say. Yeah, is standing Stephen Metcalf. I uh, maybe there's a world in which he comes on. Who knows? Could yeah, be fun. I'm I'm not. Uh, you know, not ruling it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I want to say, maybe on the record, I was just thinking um, that we're sort of skipping a lot of the like really deep, earnest ones, which I guess I'm okay with, but I'm like, maybe, I don't know. Do you think it's a cop out? You know what I mean? I don't even know if it's a cop out. I, I think the reason we're skipping them is because we don't think we're going to be very interesting, but I'm also like, maybe we should do some of them we could try this one we love the entire question but because it's long i'm just going to summarize and say moved to new york and is feeling lonely and gay and is sort of asking whether those two are related (laughs) queer people are on a different track than straight folks which is fine most of the time but as all the straight friends as all my straight friends are having families and buying homes it's hard not to feel left behind especially getting older without a real gay network that was discussed a bit on a recent Patreon. How do you keep from feeling lonely when you're hitting the time in your life when you, quote unquote, should be reaching for different milestones? And there's a question, is being 
gay more lonely, like our gayness and loneliness related, basically. I mean, this is a fascinating topic to me is like, here's what's interesting about it to me is for people of our generation, I would say throughout our 20s, at some point we essentially stopped feeling if we are lucky enough to like have a community and be accepted, you sort of stop feeling other. You're not like in a room and you're like, oh God, I'm gay and everyone is, and everyone is thinking about that. Yeah. So then what's interesting is like, you stop feeling other, you feel sort of comfortable with yourself and your choices and everything. And then suddenly everyone, all your straight friends do in fact start conforming to straight life in a way that you had forgotten was where their lives were going. And so it's this strange thing where suddenly you feel different again after feeling not different for a while. So it almost feels like a step back or something. We're like, oh, right. I forgot we were different. Yeah. It, It does become more clear, the difference, but not necessarily in a bad way. Like I, for one, I know I have like a a touch of Peter Pan syndrome generally, but I um, like I kind of am grateful that uh, that that pressure to to grow up isn't as hard on us. Yeah. Um, and I think like the lonely question is interesting, and I know that everyone has their own journeys. But I feel like so many straight people I know are more lonely because they like are have a kid and moved to a place they don't know and and like have no time and like to make new friends and like don't Mm -hmm. have a way to like socialize and are just sort of like damn i guess this is what it is whereas we get to like be in our 30s and you know hanging out with big groups of friends on friday nights and having like you know feeling free and fun still which is like yeah, I, I, it's well, a it's the double-edged sword of yeah, it's a double-edged sword of sort of a lack of a rule book. Like on the one hand, it's so liberating to not have the same expectations thrust on you that you know a straight person does. But on the other hand, it can you can feel unmoored if there are no expectations because then you're unless you have a really strong sense of self or you are you know exactly who you are, you are sort of like wait, so there are no goals. I'm supposed to figure everything out myself. (laughs) I think it can be like comforting to just like conform because then at least you know, you know what the next steps are. Yeah. But I think, Uh, you know, this is a, uh, you just moved and I feel that like it just, moving does take time. There's going to be. Moving takes time. Like I'm going through it. I don't know what my like. I don't have my rhythms yet, and it's like takes a little more yeah. effort and a little more uh, pressure on yourself to like put yourself out there and even go hang out with people that you're like. Well, it's not a perfect. It's not going to be a perfect hang, but you just have to do it and be like. But maybe it'll lead to a perfect hang later with some, like maybe I'll meet someone through this person that will be the perfect hang. Totally, I really think it is. It, it's something that can seem insurmountable being somewhere with no community and it can be, if not fixed, then like very strongly, you know, improved more fast than you think. It yeah. really, all it takes is going to one event or going, uh, sort of pursuing one friend and then meeting their circle of friends. And then suddenly, you know, one thing will lead to another. I, it really like looking, it's so interesting to look at who you are friends with who we are friends with now having lived in New York for a few years and just like think back to the random ways you met people (laughs) it really is also random like it I just got dinner with my friend um 
Dan and I was thinking that I met him at a barbecue that was like hosted by my friend's boyfriend's coworker that at the time I was like, oh God, is it so random that I'm going? I'm like the one person no one knows here. And like everyone else was, you know, very tight knit and whatever. And like five years later, we're like getting dinner together. I mean, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. There's no ethical way to make friends as an adult. Period. <laughs> when you're like, oh, how do you know this person? It's like, you can't ask that. Like, we just met yeah. through this person, through this person. Like, I don't know. We just are now. Um, not to belabor this too much, but I, I wish I had a great answer to this. But I do think the question of the relationship between gayness and loneliness, specifically with gay men, if I may be so bold, is a really interesting one. Mm -hmm. I was talking about all of us strangers during the part one, and it's very much like almost asks the question like is it fundamentally lonely to be a gay man <laughs> like <laughs> damn which i have to say i don't think I, I think my answer to that is no but i do think there is a it, it, there's such a rich history of gay men romanticizing their own aloneness in the world like mm -hmm. it is so it's such a vital part of like so much gay literature and gay art and i almost think that in a sort of uh, counterintuitive way it actually sort of like fetishizing your own loneliness as a gay man actually serves to make you part of a community of other gay men who all fetishize their loneliness. <laughs> like it is actually like a rich tradition that you are a part of. And every gay man at some point has looked around and been like, oh, is my thing that I'm like this incredible person that's alone on a mountain and I'm looking down on the world? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so enjoy it. So have fun up there. Have fun. But I also really do think, uh, I'm not, you know, I, I, I think I'm getting a very good sense of personality through this email and I genuinely feel that everything will work out. Yeah. I don't, cause sometimes you'll, you know, sometimes someone will express similar sentiments and you're like reading between the lines and you're like, uh Oh, like <laughs> you're going to have a difficult time making friends, but this is not that I think this is yeah. all going to, this is all going to work out. And that's why we're being cheeky about it. All right. Yeah. Being cheeky about it. I love that. Okay, this is from Marshall. And Marshall uh, it, it, Marshall says, I was so excited to see you at Singers. And I said hi and proceeded to go outside and ask all my friends if I was weird when I said hi. They said I wasn't. And I have to say, I agree. I thought, Marshall, if you're the person I think you are, I thought you were so funny. And I also, so Sam, I was, someone said hi to me at Singers. And he was like, are you Stradio Lab? And I said, <laughs> yes. And then, and then as he's walking away, he goes, when am I going to be on the pod? Okay, <laughs> I, I that love was, like, that. So funny. I love. It was that. like that is an incredible to first of all, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I'm saying this truly with love. To not say my name, to literally be like, "Are you Straighter Lab?" Clearly, you don't remember my name, which is totally okay. And then to turn around and say, "When am I going to be on the pod?" Beautiful. Is that talk about classic gay guy behavior. Finally, in the most stunning way. You know, uh, they say gay guys are going extinct. Not not when I hear about that. <laughs> Not want to hear about that. Marshall is such a great gay guy name. <laughs> yeah, there's power there. I uh, say, I say, go off. And you know what? You can come on the pod whenever you want. Yeah, you have an open invite. I just want to say this person has sent us three questions, and they are all so good that we are going to struggle to choose one. Here, let's do rapid fire. Do you think it is elitist and annoying? or chic and intellectual to be a stickler about grammar. I'm curious how you feel about this. I I I think it is annoying to be a stickler about grammar. I actually am free from grammar and mm -hmm. I think 
I think it's such a misconception that grammar is writing and understanding words and how to put them together. Sure. I think that it, I agree that it is annoying to be openly a stickler about grammar, like to correct someone or to make fun of someone, I think is absolutely elitist and annoying. But there's simply no way around it. I do, uh, that is, I, I am, <laughs> I do judge someone when they, <laughs> when they have bad grammar. <laughs> it like, it, I wish I wasn't like that. And yes, I'm sure it's part of like uh, some toxic elitist part of me. Well, literally white I would supremacy, never, but. Well, of course, <laughs> I would never, I would never vocalize. And by the way, I, yes, all of it is within the context of like, clearly if someone is being is using grammar in an innovative way or if they're being casual, I'm not going to like judge them. Yeah. But, you know, if someone that is in our community that literally like was sent to liberal arts college is still writing would of, I'm going to say you need to go back to college. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I say be free it's more so as long as it's legible and I understand then go off. Yeah. I think what it is is like in terms of the elitist part is like, I'm, I tend to, it's like, I'm judgmental of people that I know have had every opportunity and have just refused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Learn. No, that's a good point. Um, and question two is, are you both the middle child? The answer is no, I'm the oldest, but Sam is middle. Yep. And how much does birth order play into your perception of self? Are comedians disproportionately middle children? Interesting. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I think it plays into a, a perception of self pretty strongly. I think yeah. it's, I think it, yeah, more, well, yeah, I was going to say it's more so than astrology. And I'm like, no, actually both. I'm sort of like, no, I'm a perfect cancer and I'm a perfect middle child. I'm like, yeah. Um, so I say, yeah, I think, I don't necessarily think middle children all choose like entertainment or attention, but I do think there's sort I of mean, a, there's definitely something there. Yeah. I think there's like a keep your head down and like, um, just move forward thing with a middle child. Yeah. I mean, your thing about like how you're more quiet when you're with your family, all, all of that is classic middle child behavior. Yeah. And I think I see, you know, my sister who's a middle child lives in, lives here and I see her all the time. And there is, there really is just something about the spirit of a middle child that is noticeable and universal, just like the spirit of like an only child. Yeah. Um, in terms of birth order for me, I, I think it's, uh, also very intimately tied to A, being the only boy, B, being the only gay one, and C, being the only one that pursued a sort of like out-of-the-box career, where on the one hand, I f do feel almost like avuncular uh, with my sisters, where I'm like, oh, I helped parent you. <laughs> but on the other hand, I, there's almost like the oh, you know, the artsy uncle wearing the fun vest. Oh, that's always the dream. I can't wait for you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel both parental and also, like, at this point, literally both of them, without a doubt, like, are going to be more traditionally, you know, are going to have, like, more traditionally successful careers, going to make more money. Like, it, it and, and it, it, there's almost that, it's like, in that sense, I'm almost the youngest child in terms of like traditional progress it's a, and the push and pull of that is really where i thrive it's a cool rejection that you did i actually think. thank you and no one gives you credit for that thank you all right next question yeah this is about the ethics of making art about past relationships um this and is, i actually do think this is interesting for comedy yeah i think this is complicated this is from who says, a uh, long-time listener, I want to ask your opinions about the ethics of making art about past flings. 
Uh, I'm a musician and made an album out of breakup. And my ex, well, let's just say he was not a fan. Um, and I mean, this is the eternal question. This is the eternal question. I think it's complicated. I think you can, on the one hand, do whatever you want. I think, like, it is your experience. You're allowed to process it however you want to process it. I do think they're also allowed to be upset about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, especially if you're being, like, only your side. It, like, there are times, like there are things that have happened to me that a person has done where I'm like, well, that even if it's not like painful or it's like, that's inherently funny. And I would love to find a space to bring that up. But mm -hmm. obviously I can never bring that up because that's a person <laughs> and like, they will know it's about them and it'll hurt them in a way that is not worth whatever little joke I can get out of it. Yeah. So here's what I'll say to this. Um, there's a famous, Janet Malcolm quote that I just looked up because I didn't want to butcher it, but she has this book, The Journalist and the Murderer, and it's like about her covering um, this like crime story. And she has this famous quote, which is every journalist who is not too stupid or full of himself to notice what is going on knows that what he does is morally indefensible. <laughs> he is a kind of confidence man preying on people's vanity, ignorance, or loneliness, gaining their trust and betraying them without remorse. And I would say like, something that is difficult to admit is just that actually it is immoral to, to, to use people in your life to essentially, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sort of commodify them in order to like put them in something that then serves you. Yeah. And I think the question isn't debating whether or not it's ethical. The question is accepting that it is unethical and then negotiating with yourself how comfortable you are with that. Yeah. I would say that is my answer. Like, I think, that's I think you answer. are going to argue yourself into circles or like you're going to think yourself into circles if you try to find a way where you come off innocent. Mm -hmm. um, so there you go. So there you go. Next question. This one is, I'm about to be a first time parent. I truly don't know what sort of plans to ask friends to that will fit my stricter bedtime schedule. What do you do with your friends who have kids? Oh, this is good. Okay. Um, I don't, well, my best friend from college um, had a, famously had a kid last year and I just hang out with her and the baby all the time. <laughs> well, there's that. And there's also like when the nights that you do get a babysitter and like, it's so fun to hang out with a parent the night they get a babysitter because they are ready to yeah. pop off. To them, it's like the best night of their entire lives. It's Christmas. It's their birthday. And so yeah. it's, uh, I think it's fun. And I think people, one, people get it for the most part. And people get it. Yes. I, I have to say I was, I would say I was a little worried about how it would affect our, not our friendship, but just literally how much time we spent together when she had a baby. And there hasn't been a huge difference. You just have to like make an effort. I think... I don't know. We like went to a wine bar recently and, and she just had the baby with her and he was being like so quiet. I took an amazing photo where I'm holding a glass of wine and the baby in the other hand. Um, and I look so chic. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about the, the sitter thing. It's like you're giving them the best gift ever. Yeah. Um, okay. Is there anyone in the alt comedy scene you have a crush on slash romantic history with? Ooh, you know what I was thinking? What? This is so out of character. I think I have hooked up with more past guests than you have. That's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. I've, 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, not not crazy. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that you're such a whore and yet I've hooked up with more people? <laughs> well, you, but I was. I yeah. had that realization recently where I was like, "Damn, that is such a strange fact." Strange. Real real listeners know. Yes, um, I believe I've hooked up with three past guests for anyone keeping count at home. <laughs> I think I've made out with one. Yeah, I think. Maybe I don't think more than one. But I'm trying. But this is a good. I, I mean, maybe we could do. I certainly am, don't have any current crushes that I would like to discuss. But is there like a funny past one? I mean, I think in the very beginning of moving to. Uh, New York, I at different times had a crush on, in fact, I believe it was a mutual crush with both Matt and Bowen. And I, and <laughs> we never acted on it for e with either of them. This was like many, many years ago. And I think, um, I may have even talked about it when I went on, um, Los Coltristas. Whoa. And then I'm trying to think who else, like, um, yeah, I think I was definitely more afraid. I'm generally more cautious around friends and co colleagues than like, I feel like you're like, you're like, I, not in a way where I'm like, I'm being like responsible, but it's like, I find yeah. my friends less attractive. Like as soon as they're my friends, I'm like, okay, you're not attractive. Totally. No, no, no. I, I, and, and to be fair, like I've actually had very few experiences of like a real successful, no strings attached, like, oh, isn't it funny that we're friends and we also hooked up? Mm-hmm. I am also nervous about that in the big picture, but then sometimes, you know, it really hits and you're like, whoa, why can't the whole world be like this? Like, <laughs> we're just, we're just people, man. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Um, um, there is, I'm not going to say who, but there is someone that I, uh, that has been on the podcast that I did have like a, actually a very big crush on for like a full calendar year and was like a big part of my life. <laughs> I love that. And he, and I don't think he knows, or maybe he does and we've never addressed it, but <laughs> I no longer have that crush and we are still close friends to this day. The crush has been crushed. The crush has been crushed. Okay. Um, okay. In a relationship, what are your Valentine's day expectations from your partner? Mm, I think this is kind of yours. a fun question. I don't really have any. Yeah. Uh, I think we make it what we want to. Uh, you know, I, I do like to do something fun for both together, but yeah. it's kind of unclear what that is because the restaurants are annoying, but, but not going to a restaurant's annoying. Um, yeah, I think the one very obvious thing I will say is do not go to a Valentine's day prefix meal. Those are designed to rip you off. They are not good. And if you want to have a nice meal at that exact restaurant, just go two days later and have the normal a la carte menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say about Valentine's Day is I have gotten into, and actually Matthew did this on our first Valentine's Day together, sort of getting like a funny, cheap, literally like box of CVS heart chocolates. Mm -hmm. It can go such a long way for someone to like come back from work and get you like a, a box of like bad Hershey's kisses or something. And it like basically does exactly what it needs to do. That's it's fun. almost nodding to the fact that it's like a silly holiday and no one takes it seriously, but it's also being like, look, I got you some chocolate. <laughs> and it that. really like, and I, cause I, I actually think it's better than flowers or not better, but I don't know. Flowers are a whole other thing. I think it's fun to get someone like a cheap box of, of very like gaudy pink and red heart chocolates. Yeah. Okay. Love that. So there you go.
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Oh, this is kind of fun, but maybe in a similar vein, tell us about the worst or best gift you've received from a lover. Okay. Um, Not that it's like the best gift, but a notable gift one time. And normally I think this is like, it could go either way um, because I'll start and just say it was a novelty tea. Okay. So one time I, we were out, like me and Misha were out to dinner with Riley and his girlfriend at the time, my brother. And we like... Uh, it was like, oh, I'll pay and like whatever. And so I put, I was like looking through my wallet and I was like, where is my debit card? And then I was like, oh my God, I left my debit, or I forgot I left my debit card at Spa Castle. Um, (laughs) And it like got a huge, everyone was like, that's so funny. And like, we kind of forgot about it, you know, whatever. And then at Christmas that year, I opened up a, a, a present that was a t-shirt that said like, my, like, I left my, like, ask me about how I left my debit card at Spa Castle or something about, like, I left my debit <laughs> card good. at Spa Castle. And it was, like, so proud of itself and uh, so funny. And, like, Misha made the, like, design. And it, like, wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, wow, this is amazing. But it was, like, I for some that. reason the joke, bringing it back up, made, like, really got to me in this weird way. Or, like, I for some, it was, like, a Christmas, like, I teared up for a second. I was, like, why is this making me emotional? Um, that is very sweet. I have to say, I, Matthew is very good at like being attentive through the year and basically making a mental list of things you have said you want and then getting those things. So I, anything I mentioned will not like immediately hit an objective <laughs> listener. Um, uh-huh. I will say he got me my little gold chain last year for Christmas and I, I love it. Well, it's so chic. So chic. Okay. Uh, uh, we could do this one in your youth, which men in media served as your gay awakening. Do you have a good answer for that? It's a good question. Oh... Hmm. Hmm. I'm like. Oh I, well, I've already said this answer. Actually, I, I, I've already said this on the podcast. So apologies, but 
Um, when I saw As Good As It Gets in theaters, Greg Kinnear plays a gay man in it. And I think that might've been the first media representation of a gay couple, like living together sort of in a city and having a, a, a day to day, like where the, it wasn't the punchline that they were gay. It was just like a, a representation of a gay couple. Separately from that, there is a point where you do see his butt. And I would say that was like a huge, huge moment for me where I was like specifically gay Greg Kinnear, like being like super queenie. And then you also see his butt and he's like freaking out because Jack Nicholson is like being so annoying. Um, I felt, I felt represented. (laughs) That's funny. I don't know what my first one is, but I I can remember at least a comedic one, which was that when I went to see the film Anger Management uh, starring Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler in theaters, um, famously Jack Nicholson uh, is like annoying and sleeps in bed with Adam Sandler. And he's like, oh, by the way, I always sleep naked. And I was like, Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is wow. It's crazy that Jack Nicholson is part of both of our gay awakenings. <laughs> that was a funny one. I remember being like, "Wait, this is yeah, this is bad, right? Right, guys?" Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Somebody said, "What makes you cry?" Do we want to do that? This is actually I, yeah. I wouldn't mind doing this. I well, the film Wild <laughs> for one. And other than and other than that, I have to say I. I guess my answer is mostly movies. I actually don't cry a lot in my own day-to-day life. And I really wish I did more because I think it would be cathartic. And sometimes I will be feeling so bad about something or so depressed. And I will be like, God, if only I could just like have a good cry. But yeah. I really, I really don't. I, I mean, it's been, I think I used to a little more when I was younger and it just has been years since that has come easily to me. But I, I cry a lot at movies. like, And I sort of enjoy it, honestly, because that's like the only time I get catharsis. <laughs> I cry a lot at movies. I cry at songs. I, when I need to cry, I'll have like something, like it'll almost be like a sneeze in you. And I'll be like, I'll listen to some songs and it's like, oof. Like I'll try to sing along and my voice will just start cracking. Yeah. And it's like, uh-oh, here it comes. Um, so that can I, get me. Do you feel like you cry because of the content of the lyrics or because you're like music is so beautiful it's the content of the lyrics to be honest okay. it's often like the the mood the tone of voice with the like i'm sort of like like sometimes if someone's too if someone's very confident in a song and i'm feeling small and i'm trying to sing mm-hmm. along it can that can break me <laughs> totally, <laughs> because i'm like totally. i don't feel this i feel so far from this feeling um so and i also just straight that, up sad stuff yeah there's a song by nico case called man that for whatever reason has always always been incredibly meaningful to me and every time i try to sing along i start tearing up and then last night i was listening to the song boys on the radio by hole and i did have uh the experience of actually being like this is so beautifully written that that is what's moving me rather than the actual con like i was like i can't believe this exists and that i get to listen to it and that i can always listen to it when i want and what are the chances that everything would come together in such a way that these women would write this song and that I would discover it and I would and I will be able to listen to it like on my, you know, on the F train. I love that. Well, I'm not allowed to listen to Cellophane by FKA Twigs because it will ruin me. <laughs> um, how do you feel? How do you deal with being gay and being attracted to gay friends? Well, I think we answer that uh, one. Yeah, yeah hook up with oh, them. Yeah, make doll. out with them, sweetheart. Uh, will the pod tour again? Yes. We don't know when, but mm-hmm. we want to. Yes, um, we want to. Duh, duh, duh. Okay, hold, hold. I think we're almost towards the end. What would you do if you didn't do podcasting? Uh, 
Uh, writer, director, star of a television show. Yeah. Next question. President of the United States. Next. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here comes the big question. Thoughts on lesbians? Okay. Oh, um, I think we're both pro. <laughs> Imagine if we weren't. That would be yeah. so I mean, I funny. think, by the way, we people are always asking us thoughts on lesbians. I, I actually do want to say two things. First of all, I am on record as saying lesbians raised me and all my the majority of my friends in college and for much of my post-college life were queer women. I do want to address a difficult thing that I think we have to address, which is that when attempting to analyze straight and gay culture in our podcast, we do often without realizing it make the default gay men for gay stuff well and i, I would, think about this so much sorry yeah i would push back not that we make the default on gay men but we're speaking from our experience like i yes, think very it, true it, it's more that we're like staying in our lane rather than uh i think it's yes i think we're staying in our lane in some ways but i also think that for instance when we're talking about contractors being a straight thing so many uh, people were like contractors is literally a classic lesbian job like you if if we're saying contractors a straight culture that is that's because you're thinking of gay as gay men sure, sure sure but i think that ultimately you know we are artists and our embodied experience is uh what guides our critiques yeah and so it's going to be imperfect of course um i think that's it i think yeah. I think we've covered a lot. I think we've kept these people here for far too long. I know. Um, and I think I'm feeling cleansed. I'm feeling uh, like we were earnest. I'm feeling like our editor has a tough, tough job ahead of him. And I um, feel bad. Um, yes, I feel bad too. As always after these episodes, I feel guilty and self- <laughs> Uh, and it's so self-indulgent in a way I hate. Yeah. I hope that it, I, I hope that you take our uh, question answering style as cheeky rather than self-serious. Mm. My biggest fear is that we sound like we think we're the most interesting people in the world. And we're literally talking about like, you know, what our favorite dog breed is. And so, I, you know, I, I trust our audience to to interpret everything the right way. I do want to say uh, apologies to all the questions we didn't answer. And I also want to say that a lot of them we didn't answer because they've been asked and answered before. And that is not judgment towards anyone, but it is an invitation to go back into the catalog and listen to earlier Ernest's Bonanzas because we have talked about how we've met. We've talked about our, our childhoods, our parents, our fears, our hopes. And um, I, I think we get uh, nervous about repeating ourselves. Okay, that's it. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks for sending questions. They were all incredible, even the ones that we didn't answer. And some of them, yes, yes we didn't answer them because they were too vulnerable. Yes. Um, and, and that's that on us. And we're going to work, work to be better next time. Um, yeah. Next time, nothing's off the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love you. Well, we love you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I guess this is like now a Rate and review us. Yeah. Apple (laughs) Podcasts. And have an amazing uh, last stretch of winter before beautiful spring comes and envelops us all. Wow. Okay. Bye. Bye. Podcast Podcast ends ends now. now. 
Want more? Subscribe to our Patreon for two extra episodes a month, Discord access, and more by heading to patreon.com slash stradiolab. And for all our visual learners, free full-length video episodes are available on our YouTube. Now get back to work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 